millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's Valentine's Day, Alice. Indeed. Now, hold on. Wait for it. Hang on. It's like going back in time. What? What? Oh, my goodness. Is that grating to you? It's a little grating, yes. What's going on? It went in reverse. Okay, we went in reverse. How nifty was that? It was very nifty. You don't think that was cool? It was great. Now, you know that the podcast has just started because the first child um, interruption has begun. The first trespassing has begun. Thank you. Please send the others along. See if you can move the cameras a little bit as you leave. Thank you. What did you ask? If we could get the iPads. Oh, nice. Nice. Excellent. She waits till the podcast starts trespasses and then essentially uh holds us up does a a perfect perfect uh racketeering shakedown uh what's that called when you demand something for safety extortion Mm -hmm. Uh, i don't want to talk about it anymore they extorted the ipad you not are you ticked off at them already yes oh for for today no for that in particular well in general but yes well, you could we could say no, you know, from now on in the future, and just say no. Just sit there and do whatever else you guys do. Just make messes around the entire house and destroy everything like you usually do. You trying to change the channel? Turn the page? Yes, because if I think about it, I'm going to okay. get upset, gonna and ch- I don't want to be upset on our show. I just want to have page. a good show and be happy, and I'm going to get annoyed. So I want. Did you hear my reverse open? 
I heard your reverse open. So do you, would you care to explain the meaning of why we had to listen to that? Well, it's 20 seconds of the original, then oh, no. 20 seconds of it stopping and going in reverse. <laughs> I'm glad we all spent our time that way. Would you care to explain why we got well, to listen to it I thought people would like the audio um, adventure. It's, 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 I, I never, I've never done it before, Alice. I thought maybe somebody might enjoy it somewhere. Oh, I thought there was going to be some like point, although, point to it. Like why although, we were going back in time. No, because okay. I didn't. I don't have any enough good sound because it's not really good sound to make an open that sometimes I make. And I just want to give the getting a song a rest. But you know what occurs to me? Else? What? That the beginning of our song where it goes, the beginning of the song. Mm -hmm. Sounds the same in forward and reverse. No, that's already reversed. I reversed that when I made the open. Oh. Right. So it's already been reversed, which is, I believe we have what I call a quarterback controversy now. Want to know something else? Okay. Not only is it reversed, but it's part of the end song. It's part of this guy right here. There you go. So in case something happens to me, Alice, you know where some of the pieces are. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow, you are disinterested. <laughs> All right. So what's happening right now is Justin <sighs> Trudeau is looking very soberly, speaking very um, uh, intently, but with great concern and great um, consideration um, in a, with calmness um, to the French people. On Valentine's Canadian Day, Canadian people. Yes, Canadian people think. And uh, Valentine's a lot Day of is Trudeau. Are British people. Is, what is Trudeau? He's well, a French yeah, but there bastard. are French Canadians and He's there a French are British bastard. Canadians. You're a little bit Canadian, by the uh, way. Yes, yes, the good Canadian, <laughs> not the French, not Trudeau. Oh, anyway, so he's now with heavy heart, very solemnly, and with great bedside manner, explaining. To the French people, I'm sorry, for the to the Canadian people, why he's going to destroy the lives of thousands of Canadian citizens and maybe take away their freedoms as well. And it's very interesting to see this. They, they're they're such technocrats that except for the this guy Mendo Mens, do you know Mendo Marco Mendicino? No, he's the minister of public safety. He is the best. <laughs> but these other listen to this bureaucrat speak. We are announcing the following immediate actions. First, we are broadening the scope of Canada's anti-money laundering and terrorist financing rules so that they cover crowdfunding platforms and the payment service providers they use. These changes cover all forms of transactions, including digital assets, such as cryptocurrencies. The illegal blockades have... In other words, and that said, you know, it sounds like a, what used to be a PowerPoint presentation. Mm -hmm. Could be a TED Talk. That's saying, we're going to seize all the money that's been raised for you. We're going to go get it and get it, 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 no matter where it is. We're using the government now to take down all the normal regulatory, regulatory pipeline and go do what we have to do to smash and grab all your stuff. Right. Which is... Pure. You talk about that extortion from the kids. That's pure extortion. That right. is a threat. In other words, we're going to... And this has to do with those of you fundraising. Just know we're going to get it and we're going to trace it back to you. Highlighted the fact that crowdfunding platforms and some of the payment service providers they use 
are not fully captured under the Proceeds of Crime and Terrorist Financing Act. We're not. Our banks and financial institutions are already obligated to report to the Financial Transactions and Reports Analysis Centre of Canada, or FinTrack. As of today... So uh, she goes on to say that all these things, all the GoFundMes and all the other ones, mm-hmm. will have to plug into FinTrack and essentially give the Canadians a free audit and free access to all those funds, which, of course, they're going to take. This is Christia Freeland. And persecute those people in right, other so we're not, we're, yeah, Okay. We're not even there yet. Second, the government is issuing an order with immediate effect under the Emergencies Act authorizing Canadian financial institutions to temporarily cease providing financial services where the institution suspects that an account is being used to further the illegal blockades and occupations. Where the institution... Suspects. Right. <laughs> we have an inkling. What do you think? Does it seem Does it seem blockady to you? Uh, you know what? Shut it down. I'm not sure. Just take it. This order covers both personal and corporate accounts. Does he seem like the kind of guy who wears black sunglasses, has driven a big rig? What should we do? Just take it. Third, we are directing Canadian financial institutions to review their relationships with anyone involved in the illegal blockades and report to the RCMP or CSIS. Um, How tyrannical is that? It's... Insanity. Gentlemen, we'd like you to review your relationships. You know, we entrust in you a lot of leeway. And in exchange for that, we'd like you to review. And you see us, you see Justin, you see Christia Freeland, you see what kind of people we are. Those are the kind of people who we would suggest, hey, pass the review. Other people, no, no, no. As of today... A bank or other financial service provider will be able to immediately freeze or suspend an account without a court order. In doing so, they will be protected against civil liability for actions taken in good faith. Federal government. This is. So they can't be sued by you if they just shut your account. By the way, I need to. I need to do anything wrong at all. I need to officially clean something on uh, up on behalf of the Shattuck administration. Okay. Um, we make in a careful and thoughtful exception for the uh, descendants of Normandy, France, uh, including those with the last name Jusson. They're exempted from my <laughs> from condemnation of, of the French com- completely. Plus, they're Americans. Institutions will have a new broad authority to share relevant information with banks and other. So, what tells you that this is nuts mm-hmm. is this is a massive government incursion. This is essentially, as you're about to hear, this is Operation Overlord, the invasion of Normandy, as a matter of fact. Right. But by regulatory. Um, uh, in other institutions, mm-hmm. this is this is full scale war without the guns. This part of it right now, that part's happening too. Well, it's more dangerous than a war with guns, realistically, because it's targeting civilian people. 
right? Like when you have a war with guns and you shoot at an opposing army or shooting at an army. Right. But when you close people's bank accounts, you're hurting like families and regular people and taking food off their table and hurting them. You right. know, it's it's at, like they're talking about funding terrorism. Who's the terrorist here? Well, uh, and also you're right. And talk about a way that you want to breed resistance. Yeah, you're start gonna, shutting down people's right. bank accounts and, and see how making things their go. houses cold and kicking them out of their places and taking their rigs from them. Mm-hmm. It's it's so interesting because this all was done over what should be a tiny pinprick sized issue was right. whether these people who drive trucks should be exempted or not from a vaccine mandate. And of course they should. Of course, there's no reason to do this crap now. There's no reason to be doing that now. But and and really, this whole thing could be undone immediately, just like the mm-hmm. intro was reversed. Could have gone right in reverse if they yeah, just. Yeah, they could have just said like, "Okay, fine, we won't do the vaccine mandates. Go home, everybody." Or like, Oz, he could have said with a in a joint presser with whatever person is whatever. He could have said, uh, "We have good news. Looking at the science, the science changed again." <laughs> Giving us an opportunity. Do the Leanna Wen thing. Sure, exactly. But giving us the opportunity to extend a, a gracious exemption for those of you who have worked so hard. We thank you. You know, right. But no, this is talk talk about the real what when you vote for progressives, this is really what you're getting. This mm-hmm. is a power game and only a power game. This is a we're going to use everything to destroy you. Well, right. And I think it's interesting, right? So because people like politicians to be tough and to stand up for things, right? So I think that's like part of the mental calculus here that's going on is they're like, we need to stand up to this. We need to be tough. We need to not be seen as like weak and backing down and we can't show that we can be bullied like this, right? And so I think they're thinking that. But I think there's a really big difference between, for example, like Trump being tough with the Senate and saying, no, we're putting Kavanaugh through and I'm not backing down and being tough, like to get political goals done with other politicians versus getting tough on your own citizens. Like people didn't like when Trump got tough on Black Lives Matter, even though he was in the right to get tough on Black Lives Matter in a lot of ways. But it certainly didn't play well with a lot of the country when they were crying and saying they were tear gassed for him to have a photo op, even Mm -hmm. if that wasn't strictly what happened. You know, that hurt Trump. Like when when you decide to make the getting tough towards regular people instead of towards like either your country's enemies or towards the opposition politicians. I think that you run a dangerous risk of turning into a very, you know, a very negative figure. And, and I think that's uh, part of what's going on here. I also think that, that it's important to contrast like how I think sometimes, I think sometimes people forget how, how free America is compared to other countries and how hard it would be to do things like that here. And I mean, of course, there have been there have been things that have happened like around the January 6th. Like, I absolutely think that those people are being treated more harshly than Black Lives Matter was treated, for example, Uh, even though, you know, like clearly there's been a difference in the way those people have been treated by prosecutors and by the government. And and that's definitely political in nature but but we didn't shut down all those people's bank accounts we didn't 
you know, there there wasn't this broader regulatory attack on like anybody who went to D.C. that day. You know, like we know people who went to D.C. and went to the rally and didn't go into the Capitol and like aren't in trouble. There isn't this sort of guilt by association thing where it's like, if we think you've been funding meals for truckers who might be with the truckers who are blocking such and such a bridge, then we're going to shut your bank account first and ask questions later. I mean, that's crazy. That's right. crazy. And that, in general, in the United States, I'm not saying we don't have politicians who wouldn't try it, because I think some of them would love to. Certainly, we saw Obama do stuff like that with the Tea Party groups in like 2011, 2012. But, but it got found out and people didn't like it, you know? And I think that, I think that in the United States, we've, we've tended to steer pretty clear of that kind of political persecution in a way that other countries don't like even countries that we think of as relatively free countries like Europe or or Canada but I mean like those countries don't have freedom of speech in the same sense that we do here you know like you can get thrown in jail for saying the wrong thing even in like England you know which is which is kind of shocking when you think about it but it I don't know. To me, it's just sort of a stark reminder of like how important it is that we do keep the Constitution 100% up to snuff and we don't let the left expand the Supreme Court, that we don't let them tear up the First Amendment, you know, things like that. that, Oh, totally. That this stuff is so important because look how quickly Trudeau was able to turn on a dime and say, like, it's an emergency. I'm just going to close people's bank accounts. Yeah. Well, and and also, if there's no check against... Um, tyrannical tendencies, then you know little political tyrants will uh, will uh, you know strengthen their tyrannical little muscles over time because they'll right. always know they're allowed to be a bully. Right, and the left might not like it if that happens too because you know Black Lives Matter loves protesting, for example, and if the left did this stuff here that Trudeau's doing there, you know your next president, whether it's like President Ron DeSantis or president jesse kelly or whoever like you know somebody is going to come in there and say like okay cool anybody who's donated to black lives matter your bank account is closed now you know for funding terrorism goodbye well, it is interesting like, that obama did the, do this with the irs to, to tea party yeah, groups yeah and that's <clears throat> when i said like persecution in other ways like that's what happened with the tea party groups after like the 2010 elections like all these um tea party groups sort of spawned and filed for tax-exempt status. And the IRS took that information, took every Tea Party group that filed for tax-exempt status, and, like, used every other regulatory agency to go after them. All of a sudden, they had OSHA knocking at their door, looking for every violation they could think of. They had, like, their, they were getting audited all the time. Everything was, like, any regulatory agency that could go after those people and other things. Not at the, not at the Tea Party groups themselves not the tax exempt groups but like the people who started them like their home businesses their farms like every government agency that obama could use to harass them bother them find them give them problems they used it meanwhile the people who started the black lives matter essentially engorged themselves so much on all the cash that came in that a lot of them couldn't eat anymore and abandon some of the accounts and they don't know what to do with the right. money anymore. The thing's been abandoned. Like anybody who donated to it, your money just went to absolutely nothing. It's insanity. Talk right. about something that should have been off. Well, you know what? They stole it. They just took it. Of course they did. This is what this is the racket. Come on, guys. You should know this. 
idiot parents in nice towns Venmoing Black Lives Matter. He should be ashamed. Um, okay, so here's Trudeau. Listen to his tone. It is absolutely. I want you know to know how anodyne I am. There is nothing. There is nothing malevolent about this voice. To continue building on these efforts, the federal government is ready to use more tools at its disposal to get the situation fully under control. After discussing with cabinet and caucus, after consultation with premiers from all provinces and territories, after speaking with opposition leaders, the federal government has invoked the Emergencies Act to supplement provincial and territorial capacity to address the blockades and occupations. I want to be very clear. The drama in his reading The scope of, of these measures will be time-limited, geographically targeted, as well as reasonable and proportionate. Yeah, just find the reverse of, speaking of reverse, every one of those words that you just heard, and that's the truth. Yeah, a time-limited, like the time-limited COVID regulations that right. <laughs> were going to be for two weeks. Proportional. Two years ago. <laughs> those ones. Oh. <sighs> to the threats they are meant to address. The Emergencies Act will be used to strengthen and support law enforcement agencies at all levels. Here's how the measures we're taking today will help get the situation under control. This Tony striking here mm-hmm. is just grody gauche. It's like, listen, you're a pansy. Stop trying to be the toughest dandy in the room. It's like, Nobody's buying this from you. The police will be given more tools to restore order in places where public assemblies can constitute illegal and dangerous activities, such as blockades and occupations, as seen in Ottawa, the Ambassador Bridge, and elsewhere. These tools include strengthening their ability to impose fines or imprisonment. The government Can you desi- uh, elaborate on that second one there at all? How much does he have like a Disney villain voice too? Nate, secure and protect places and infrastructure that are critical to our economy and people's jobs, including border crossings and airports. We cannot and will not allow illegal and dangerous activities to continue. The Emergencies Act will also allow the government to make sure essential services are rendered, for example, in order to tow vehicles blocking roads. In addition, financial institutions will be authorized or directed to render essential services to help address the situation, including by regulating and prohibiting. It's still that that bureaucrat speak. It's so, uh, you know, uh, candy-coated. Well, yeah. Also, talk about like the greatest hits of all the things the left is supposed to be against. We're empowering the police, the big banks, <laughs> the, like, all the things that we said we hate. We're going to just just temporarily, mind you, not permanently, but just temporarily. We're going to give them some extra powers to ruin your life. Just because we really need to right now. So, but don't worry. It's all fine. We'll be against the big banks and the police again next week. And of course, the thing is, is that his mandate details, those are all completely arbitrary. There's no reason for any of them. 
he could negotiate or be flexible or whatever. Find, there are so many ways out of this, but he won't. So now we're at the emergency orders of the banks taking everything and seizing everything. And then we have to now bring in Marco Mendesino, Minister of Public Safety. I think it's difficult to overstate the impact of those scenes, uh, the conduct uh, that, has, uh, that has unfolded by those who are participating in illegal blockades. That is, it's like, it, like what do you mean the conduct? Are they a-holes? Because is that not allowed? Conduct as in blocking the streets, I get that. But conduct? You don't like their attitudes, in other words? <laughs> um, it is not just an inconvenience. Uh, it is not uh, simply a matter of um, a trivial uh, interruption. Uh, we've seen in- intimidation, harassment, um, and expressions of hate. And at times, um, the scenes on the street... That's how you know. That's that's the lie right there, right? Expressions of hate. Right. You know, yes, but you've seen on social media, there's a Confederate flag got in there somewhere. You see? You see this whole thing. There's nothing to it whatsoever, this whole thing. A 14-year-old YouTuber said, Heil Honkler, and therefore... Honk honk must stand for Heil Hitler. Aha, we have cracked your secret Nazi code. Like, these people are insane. And they're spinning together crazy conspiracy theories that have nothing to do with reality and using them to destroy real people's lives. Streets of Wellington have seemed um, completely lawless. And that is one of the reasons why. So some of the lawless scenes, if you've seen there, is that they've brought in like a party floor, party area. There are people who have moved hot tubs into the street. Oh, okay. <clears throat> it's lawless, have but it's not. Have people died like they did in Chaz or Chop or whatever? Right. No, it doesn't include the burning of buildings. That's Or truly... shooting people right. or, and, okay. Uh, we've had to take um, the very careful and deliberate step of introducing the emergency Emergencies Act today and the declaration and the specific uh, powers, which again, are very targeted, they're very proportionate, and they're time-limited so that there can be greater agility between the RCMP, who will work seamlessly with um, local law enforcement, including in in Ottawa. I love that leftist uh, NPCs always share the same limited vocabulary. And only that. They never stray from it. (laughs) You know, all those proportionate stakeholders, leftists, you know, climate justice. It's like they never really go out beyond that. Jen mm-hmm. Psaki can speak uh, to Anthony Blinken, who can speak uh, Jake, whatever. The, Sullivan. Sullivan. You know, they, they can all speak the same language. They've all got that. So, oh, we've got uh, emails to read. Right. Remember okay, that? Okay, yes. Homie, do you want to do that now mm-hmm. or later? Let's do it later. Okay. All right. What's next? Um, My okay. cold is retaking over now. I'm sorry. I'm right. sorry. Mine's vanishing, not quite gone, but it's uh, disappearing slowly. Uh, today's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you, honey. Did the Valentine's Day fairy visit you today? Exactly. The Valentine's Day fairy did visit me. This year it was you. A lot of years the Valentine's Day fairy is me, but uh, it was, in fact, you this year, and I received chocolates. It was lovely. I had a nice lovely, fellow. happy Valentine's Day, Alice Shattuck, even if we both are slightly sick. Alice Shattuck wearing the same top uh, as she wore on our first date. Which is 12 years ago, like next week. Right. I guess it was. Very nice. Things held together nice. It's a nice top. I keep clothes for a long time. I still own clothes I owned in like ninth grade. So (laughs) if there's nothing wrong with that, I don't throw them out. (laughs) 
All right, what's up? Why would I throw them out? But uh, I don't know. I thought this story was interesting about uh, Valentine's Day because somebody um, said this to us years ago, uh, that their mom had died and they had taken to firing off angry emails at companies (laughs) who sent them Mother's Day messaging. Yeah. Which, like, all companies send Mother's Day stuff. So, and like Father's Day stuff and all the others, like they just, they send stuff out to everybody. Yeah, it's targeted marketing. Telling them to shop for Mother's Day. Right. And, you know, and so, but they had started like writing letters to every company that sent them Mother's Day stuff saying, how dare you, basically. Well, I think there's merit to it. I Mm -hmm. mean, if it is, some people have lost their mother at an earlier than expected time. So I think it's good to give feedback to corporate if you don't want that crap. And why not? I mean, sure. I have just never heard anyone really... else, like, take offense to it because it's everywhere every year, you know? And, like, so... But apparently this has become a growing trend because um, there are a whole bunch of companies now that do email marketing and other forms of digital marketing that are warning people before holidays, including Valentine's Day. It started with Mother's Day and Father's Day for exactly the reasons our queens uh, described, where they started inviting people like a month before the holiday, before they started doing any messaging around the holiday. They would just put like a banner in their email that says, this is a story from the Wall Street Journal about this, by the way. So... You know, they just send a banner in their email that says like, oh, by the way, would you like to not get any emails about Mother's Day? And they say like one to two percent of people click on it. Right. And then they don't send them Mother's Day or Father's Day or whatever messaging and leave them out, which. And so now they've added Valentine's Day to the mix. I'm sure, um, you know, more companies are going to start doing this and I'm sure more holidays are going to start to be added like every year I see lefties post on social media about how like remember that like Thanksgiving is a sensitive time for some people or like the holidays are very difficult for people who don't have good relationships with their family or whatever so I assume companies are going to start warning people before Thanksgiving messaging and warning people before Christmas messaging and everything else too soon because a bunch of people are going to be offended by them or you know they're going to start warning people before Easter message, whatever, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm sure everything offends somebody. Right. So like, but the other reason it's interesting to me is they're like, oh, isn't this lovely and sensitive of the companies? Hooray. But it's also, you know, smart from the part of the company, because rather than just sending you messaging that's offensive <clears throat> to you, you're giving them information to how to like better message to you, you know? So from the company's perspective, it's like, great. We would have just lost these people. Like either they would have ignored us and been annoyed, which isn't good, or they would have just unsubscribed and gone away. And we would have never known why, but now we can keep sending them messaging this whole month and just skip the mother's day messages and images and whatever and we'll just send them different stuff and if and then we can like more effectively target them and the the wall street journal article mentions that they like do it in that they use this information that people give them to then like not do it in their facebook advertising to that person either they like target that person then as like don't 
message Mother's Day to this person and they like don't follow them with ads anywhere. So it's interesting to me because on the one hand, it's like, great, the company is being more sensitive to your needs and like accommodating this thing like to stop being annoying to you, which is nice, right? But then at the same time, too, it's just like us again voluntarily giving companies more data to like better advertise to us. <laughs> there's no you doubt know? about that. But that, <laughs> like, but that there's I no doubt about that. And, and just companies get the love, messaging uh, love, love information and they love data. And if you look at what's happening with all the, the corporate uh, performative measures that these big companies are making, showing how woke they are in different ways, and you know, and they do it a thousand ways. Because there are younger consumers that do want to make sure that they're shopping with a woke company. Right. You know, and so, like, obviously, Dunkin' Donuts, not woke. Starbucks, woker. You know, some of these other fringe coffee shops, much better woke. Or whatever. Some people find values that they like and they want to, whatever. I mean, it's stupid, obviously. But that's fine. But it's, but- like, a new thing to me, the idea that companies are, like, tell us exactly what type of advertising you'd like to receive. And people, like, tell them. Yeah, well, I don't get it at all. I don't understand why you'd want any advertising. That said, I kind of have like like this vision of you know of like uh, of like one of these companies trying to specially target finding like my mom's last known picture on Facebook and like putting her dressing her up in the in the cherry web and terrain. Nighty and saying your mom looks good in this, and even though she's been dead for twelve years, uh, you like how that would be like possibly seen as insensitive you know Mm -hmm. well that was one reason facebook actually brought in the other um like react emojis too because obviously it used to just be liking posts right if you recall and then what was happening is somebody who was like a journalist had his daughter die of something i don't remember what but like that was like his most engaged post of the year so when facebook did their retrospective at the end of the year like they showed him that post like here was your most popular post last year and it was his God. dead daughter and he like wrote an article about it and they were like oh no we're sorry right and so so part of the reason why they introduced these other like the like care emoji and the the heart emoji right. and the sad emoji is so that they could better gauge like why people were interacting with the post. Right. Like, you know, are people saying congrats or are they saying sorry for your loss on the post? And Facebook wanted to be able to like better kind of target that and understand that so they didn't like upset people because that's not good from Facebook's perspective either for people to continue using Facebook. But you know, they're not being sensitive because they're nice and they like you. They're being what? <laughs> they're being sensitive because the more you input into them to help them be more sensitive to you, the the more data they have on you that they can then use to sell advertising to put in front of you. Right. So that's like the trade off. And, you know, I don't know. I saw one of those memes the other day where like people are compl- like somebody was saying like how you know, people from 50 years ago wouldn't want their houses wiretapped. And now people are like, hey, wiretap, can you put the latest Justin Bieber song on? (laughs) Because they have like an Alexa and a Google thing in their house and everything. And like, we've largely accepted total invasion of privacy in order to, for like convenience and to Mm -hmm. make us feel like companies like us and care about us and this stuff. Well, yeah, and look at the 
look what the internet had to do. They're helping look what, us. Look what look, e-commerce had to do. Certainly, e- in the late '90s, people were very skeptical uh, skeptical about buying stuff on the internet. Mm-hmm. Certainly, which is like kind of how PayPal got big, right? Okay, right. you can trust them; they'll actually do the thing. The thing, and, but you, but it was like a weird thing because truly, it is a risk. There's no doubt about that. I mean, so is using your card in a store. Like, you could drop it and get stolen. Yeah, well, I still know people who write checks, Alice, so. (laughs) Um, But it is interesting. It is interesting. And I uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm glad. I'm glad they're doing something. All right, what's next? What do you mean, what's next? My cold is is killing me now. I'm sorry that you have a cold. No, I'm sorry, but it's just throwing me off a little bit. But I... Um, we had one more thing. Oh, the um, tipping the um, dishwasher. Okay. And this is in the Nuevo York Post. Um, hold on. Let me find it here. I thought this is interesting. Hold on. So there's a New York Post article about tipping the dishwasher. Apparently this has become a thing as businesses are hurting. So they're now saying, do you want to tip the dishwasher? Uh, now, I understand the businesses are hurting. We've been to, you and I have eaten out recently, and it's mm-hmm. like, it's been like, these places are ghost towns, some of these places, and you know that they've got back of the back of the house uh, employees there. Tip the dishwasher, short-staffed restaurants now take gratuities for kitchen staff. By Lauren, I got to sneeze. Hey, yeah! I'm sorry that you're sick. I did have a coughing fit on the show the other day, too, though. So, Thank you for not talking right when I sneezed, but just reacting to it. <laughs> sorry. You were in the middle of your thing. I couldn't interrupt it. Line cooks and dishwashers are finally starting to get a share of the tipping jar, and a small but growing coterie of restaurant bosses say it's good business. Ten months ago, as nationwide labor shortage was ravaging the industry, North Carolina-based restaurateur Patrick Whalen began collecting tips for his kitchen staff in a desperate bid to curb turnover and keep the doors open. While skeptics predicted friction from customers and wait staff alike, Whalen says the idea has since snowballed into what he believes is a smart business model. His five fine dining restaurants yeah, 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 have collected $591,000 in tips for kitchen staff since April. Uh, his company, Fifth Street Group, has meanwhile matched as much as 500 a day in tips at each location, shelling out 486000 to to bring the total haul for the back of the house to nearly $1.1 million. It all, If it all sounds like lunacy in an industry with razor-thin margins, Whalen says his offbeat wager has given him a major advantage over competitors as the industry scrambles to recover from the pandemic. We were able to meet the massive pent-up demand for dining out because we have virtually no turnover. Whalen told the Post, this is the most important thing I've ever done. Also, consider the fact that Whalen, looking to make sure that his service didn't end up making less money than they had before the new tipping initiative, forked out an additional $200,000 to pad the waitstaff tipping pool in cases where customers split the gratuity between the kitchen and the front of the house. <laughs> to convince skeptics he's not losing money, Whalen has been publishing his restaurant's weekly revenues along with how much... Um, money his staff earned in gratuities. Since his 10-month experiment began, his top line has exceeded $20 million, according to the latest tweet from his account. So I'm trying to find out if there's a if you can see how it happens. Or- but I think it's interesting because 
you know, I think that part of, and I wouldn't be surprised if what he says is true, that it's given him a competitive advantage because the turnover in all the low-wage industries is, like, absurd right now. I mean, the turnover everywhere is high in, I mean, even in, like, corporate America, right? But but the turnover in, like, restaurants and big box stores and stuff is, like, wild and out of control. It's, like, it's ridiculous. They can't keep people because, you know, Three months after somebody works somewhere, the inflation is so crazy that like three months after you start working somewhere, you can like find another place that's offering you more money to do the same job like down the street and like not just a little more, but like a, a lot more money to do the same job. So it's like if you any way that you can find to like pass that on to the customer, which is essentially what tipping is, right? And he's matching it. So it's not like 100% passed on to the customer, obviously. But that makes it more obvious to the customer that like the money that they're paying for the meal, the like extra money that they're paying for the meal is going to the staff and isn't just like corporate profits, man, you know, or anything like that. It's, you know, you're paying the people who work at the restaurant to keep making food right and that's that's invaluable because you know restaurants everywhere I was thinking this um you know today about how like every job but like restaurants included you need people to stick around because the institutional knowledge that people have is a huge part of what makes a company successful oh totally when people quit and leave stuff and people don't know like where their information saved and stuff like you know i started a new job in november and there's so much stuff that i don't know not because i'm like not smart enough to get it or whatever but just because i don't know like what name people saved things as and like i don't know what they were thinking when they made set up some program or whatever like you just don't know and like to have that kind of turnover and in restaurants it's the same thing like so many restaurants it's so bad like do you ever hear people say like like oh only go to that restaurant when so-and-so is working in the kitchen because otherwise the food will suck like only yeah. order the nachos if so-and-so is making them because the the level of variation between how people will make the same dish even if you give them explicit instructions is so huge and like your restaurant experience completely depends on it You know, I even, having worked in the restaurant industry myself, I saw quite a bit of variation in the uh, quality of the dishwasher's work as well. Right. You know, matters to you a lot for your restaurant experience if there's, like, cooked on food on your plate when it comes back out to you or whatever. And I also also love restaurants. I think they're just wonderful. It's such a fun Mm -hmm. thing to do. And I'm afraid that, especially in the last two years, we've we've groomed the country into doing DoorDash and, you know delivering for stuff and you know the restaurants to their credit have gotten better at it they can serve send cocktails your way and much better than they used to be able to you know most states will probably keep this a lot of them are emergency things mm-hmm. um so i'm worried that these brick and mortars you look at them especially in the nice towns you're like man good luck how the hell are you turning a profit at all so i'm for it i'm for it. if you want if you give me the opportunity to, to uh Tip everybody who works there. Well, you're a big well, advocate for tipping everybody that you interact with in order to improve your life experiences, too. Uh, yeah. Oh, 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 totally. You grease people. You should That's be different. handing people right. cash everywhere you go. But right. I mean, like, but I think that, I mean, there's the obvious, like, short-term benefits of greasing people, like, with a yeah. bellman, right? right? But there's also, like, 
you know, if you keep tipping well at restaurants in your community that you care about, then like the people will stay working there who do a good job and the restaurant will be able to stay open because if they lose those people who do a good job, you know, and those people job hop every three to six months because they can and they can get paid more, then then that like really damages the restaurant. You know, that's well, that's sure. Very and this also what this guy's doing is adding some stability. So right. Um, and and uh, it allows you, you know, to be better. It is interesting, though. It's like if you're tipping the dishwashers uh, or a parts of the back of the house, it also could be really it could end up being a rating system for everything. Yeah, although, I mean, like, how much do you know, like, how good a job your dishwasher is doing? Well, you know if the nachos suck. That's true. You know you know if some of the kitchen staff is doing right. a good job. That's yeah, for sure. yeah, getting a greasy fork may not be a thing or, <laughs> or whatever. <clears throat> but it would be interesting to see if it could be a more pinpointing uh, critique mm-hmm. of restaurants. I don't know. I mean, I don't have all the time in the world. I, I, th- I assume some customers would love to pick apart what they think is happening. <laughs> All right, Alice. Now it's time. Yeah, I get got Get ready we, for this summer. Hold on. Get ready we, for this okay. summer. You better get ready. I don't suppose you guys can shut up for a second. Hold on, Alice. It's going to end soon. What's wrong? Get ready. This summer, I'm taking you. We're having our first burn barrel remote broadcast, Alice. Mm-hmm. You, Toasts, Leslie, everybody. True Nantucket. You have to know its history. And that, of course, means whales. But more on that later. It's Ladies First in a tour celebrating some remarkable women who left their mark on this storied island. They managed their households. They were in control of their finances. They really had autonomy. Really made the whaling industry so successful. Miranda Dale is visitor operations manager at the Nantucket Historical Association. First stop, the imposing Greek revival Nantucket. My ability to cue something up may not be as sharp as it <laughs> should be. Athenaeum on Main Street brings us Blue Victorian. Okay. Windows and rot. Five years spent in a Coast Guard uniform. Okay. What's happening right now? It's a, apparently a, a, a generic Channel 5 chronicle thing in Nantucket. Dayline Nantucket. Okay. Everyone enjoying Nantucket's public beaches may be allowed to go topless this summer if the measure passes an upcoming town meeting vote. We're doing our remote on Nantucket, Alice, and you are flying free. Just because one is allowed to be topless. You are mean flying free. Has, to be. I Have, has be there topless. been commentary in this house amongst the master and the mistress uh, in appreciation of one's bosom, has there been has there been commentary? I don't have to answer. Young lady, that. has there been commentary? <laughs> Stop it! I don't have to answer. You will anything. answer the court. I don't have to answer anything. Has there been commentary? <laughs> I don't have to answer anything, and I don't have to be topless on Nantucket. You're going to be topless on Nantucket. Nope. We're, we're having it. <laughs> nope. Yes, and every all of nope. our friends are joining. Yes, yes, nope. yeah. It's not else. You act as if I asked you a question. What's the name of the new Jordan Peele movie that was advertised during the Super Bowl, honey? I don't know. Nope. Yeah. Well, um, no, you're, the thing that's going to be um, it, uh, happening in Tucket is no bra. Because <laughs> nope. You are, yes, it, is, it will be a topless event um, in Nantucket. So there you go. <sighs> Thoughts about the topless Nantucket beach? It's about gender equality, just so you know. I mean, do all the beaches have to be topless? 
Gender equality on beaches. Uh, if approved, it would instruct the criticism. Thoughts? Uh, I don't want all the beaches to be topless because I'd like to go places without my kids seeing nudity. Thank you. I don't know about that, but you know, whoa, 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 I don't think people on. need Wait to see second. boobs everywhere. What? And plus, I don't think it's going to oh, so be the people. Boys. I don't think it's going to be the people that you want who are going to be topless. Well, that's why I think that we need to be very careful. Okay. Well, we I don't cultivate. think it's going to be the people that you want that are going to be going. Well, topless. I know one person who's going to be the person I want. <laughs> It's not going to be yes, uh, it me going yes, it is. Yes, it is. By the way, speaking of the Super Bowl. Oh, read those you get, emails before you I will, I will read the emails, but I wanted to ask you how you felt about the Super Bowl halftime show now that you've had a little time to uh, sit on it and think about it. So uh, I was fine. I mean, it's just dudes that I've known since I was 20. I thought it was one of the old. best I mean, ones recently. Recently. I, I, well, I I think that it was probably it was better one, than Katy Perry. It was better uh, than Justin Timberlake. It was better than The Weeknd. I think that, that was, if you had been there at the stadium, it would have been horrific to watch because you're not you're not seeing all the views of the drone views and all the maybe. Smash but I thought it was like pretty decent. Like I, I was fine with it. I was fine with it. I kind of always liked Dre. I like the fact that now he's fat and so is Fifty Cent. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, Eminem is, as usual, um, very talented but humorless. Um, and I thought I, 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 I was nonplussed. I think is fair to say I was just wholly amused by the fact that none of the people holding the instruments knew how to hold them or play them, and were pretending to. And I thought, why would they let that? Who were you? I heard. I could overhear. You I was from with the Anthony, the producer today, arguing with who said it's not true. I saw that they all played. It was like. No, they didn't. All they definitely them. weren't playing. It the was instruments screwed up. At all. It was screwed up. None of them can play the instruments. But they definitely weren't playing the instruments. But uh, Charlie Kirk said that I I don't know why this is like I thought it was pretty good. But there, I mean, I don't think it was. I thought the Prince one was better. Probably that one was good. I don't know. But Charlie Kirk said. The NFL is now the league of sexual anarchy. This halftime show should not be allowed on television. And I didn't think anything that sexual happened in it. So, like, did I miss something? <laughs> did I, like, miss some sort? No, I think there's probably... Where was in the all sexual those, anarchy? In all those songs, there's probably <laughs> a lot of shady stuff happening, but well, I don't sure, see too much like... sexual anarchy. <laughs> I mean, there Just was a lot Mary more... Just Blige's, just, like, boots were four and a half feet tall. I mean, I guess Okay, the... but, like, I mean, the Shakira J-Lo thing, that was gross. That was, oh, like... Oh, the Adam Levine thing was the worst. Was, like, like, his lower pelvic pole dancing, like, like, yeah... Those are all bad. Like, I didn't like the J-Lo one. Like, I thought that was too sexual to be on, like, uh, family television. It, but I do you think know, but this I, also was, this was a halftime show. And I think you have to separate that from, and I was and I was fine. I was, whatever. For, for somebody who doesn't love rap, they kind of moved it along nicely, like one thing to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, like, hit each song kind of right. quickly, didn't do the whole thing, like... They moved through it a few different It does bring me to hits, a time like, when not everybody was a total pussy in the 90s. Um, so I, I kind of like that. Well, well it was the time Also that, you know, you've mm-hmm. got now, you know, a bunch of bands since then have come out who come out of Disney or come out of like, uh, you know, YouTube silos, etc. And like that. At least the rappers in the 90s were shooting each other and killing each other. Like, would say it in songs, then go do it. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. They had like total legit street cred well yeah and so that was like another thing i guess i would not recognize this but i guess snoop dogg did a crip walk and he flashed like crip gang signs 
or something. I don't know. Anyway, I, whatever. But my all-time favorite reaction to the like, commentary about the Super Bowl halftime show was in the whole thing where people were um, talking about how he did a crip walk on Twitter. One person replied, you do know that the C word is a slur for people with physical disabilities, correct? That's great. So That's great. there are more, I mean, like, Someone let the Crips know that their name is offensive. Well, I don't even know. What are they made? What is their derivation of Crips? I don't know why they're <laughs> called that, but I mean, maybe maybe it's even from that word. Maybe it's from the word cripple. I don't know. All right, let's do our but, electronic mailing. Yeah, so we, we have been getting some mail. There were a couple good ones I wanted to hit. If I missed yours, I'm sorry. There are many I good ones. There's lots of good ones, but I do get buried, so I don't always see anything everything every single thing i try to see them all um but i did enjoy um where is this one um maybe i'll start doing a crip walk are you gonna start doing a crip I bet walk you i could pull it off that would be so I, like what's the difference i thought the, i thought the bloods were like what i don't know i don't i like you know what that's why i never i never made the team I don't know the uh, fundamentals that I needed to coming from Winchester. Obviously, we were tough and we were killers. But okay, so John writes, and uh, a plus on the email subject line. John, by the way, he writes that curlers are white trash adjacent. Ooh, I like that. Uh, and he wants to know about your career if uh, you would ever want to have a platform like Howie Car, <laughs> if that's where you see yourself. <laughs> Well, uh, like Howie Carr, I, I would probably not be in uh, radio he says without Howie I was wondering if Howie's platform would be a future home for you. Oh, okay. Like Grace is up there? Uh, I don't know. I hadn't thought about that. I mean, I like, I get along with Howie and Grace and, uh, and Kathy, and uh, that whole team is great. I've been kind of working in the same circles with Howie for years. I've always enjoyed working with him. I've... I've had to. I've sat on as his producer a couple times years ago, fifteen years ago. It was so fun. Howie's a great, fun guy to work with. So I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously, uh, my my agent is named Alice Shattuck, uh, Mister <laughs> Carr. If you'd like to, Howie knows how to get me if he needs me. But right That's now, that's actually I'm, also Howie. Also, his wife does stuff with him too. So. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so Kathy's in an good alpha, company. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I love Howie. Yeah. Uh, Anthony writes to us. Uh, your Burn Barrel podcast is hard to explain. It is so out of this world. I will try to act wow. like Tom and say I'm a grown man. And if I miss the show, I go into a fetal position. I just can't get enough. Thank you. Oh, that's great. So that's, that's a nice one. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. From Anthony. Um, Terry Gar. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh Howard writes, uh, hi, wait, Tom. Wait, 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 what just happened to Terry Gar? That's what he's writing okay. about. Hang on. I apologize, dear. Um, hi, Tom. FYI, the movie Oh God is on Turner Classic Movies. I immediately thought of you. I see why you have a crush on her. Only drawback is that she could be a bit more endowed in the sweater department if you catch my drift. <sighs> Dedicated Burn Barrel and occasional WTIC listener. So Oh God with George Burns? You know, I, I'm sorry. So I, I'm going to have to say that I've seen different instances instances of her when she seems more endowed than than less endowed. Then again, okay, I'm not allowed to say anything. Then again, I don't know. We, it, I think that women's breast sizes sometimes change. Thoughts? It's possible. It's possible. 
The uh, type of foundation garment women wear can also have an impact as well, yeah. I would say. Also, I do think that there was a time in this, oh God, was from 1977, where there was a chic kind of braless kind of uh, push against, I'm talking baselessly here, but I do think I remember seeing like disco stuff was like, it was uh, flat chested stuff was kind of, or flatter chested yeah, stuff. Yeah, there was, was a time when like, w- when like where not wearing a bra was like considered yeah. liberating, which I sort of like, so when I first saw the Stepford Wives movie, I was very confused by that because I'd never sort of like heard that particular perspective when I... No, not what age I thought, maybe 13 or something. The old one from the, the 70s. The old one from the <laughs> 70s, because there's like a narrative in it that like, oh, like when she turns into a Stepford wife, yeah. she like starts wearing a bra for her husband. And I like never understood it because it was like, I I mean, like, I just think wearing a bra is comfortable. Like, I would prefer to wear a bra, but maybe uh, it's different for like differently sized yeah. chest. I don't know. But I... I was astonished that that was even a thing, but apparently it is. Also, um, oh well, let's uh, let's not move on from the Stepford Wives before we take a moment and give pause to the great and perfect Catherine Ross. I don't really remember that. She plays the Stepford Wife or the newest the the lead. You remember, or you? She's also the girlfriend on in the Graduate. Do you not have the Graduate? I mean, I know it exists. I don't know if it'll work on you anymore. There's been so many know. films that are derivative of it. So. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and one final one. Uh, Dr. Cheswick uh, wants you to keep up the Twitter expose like when you had the fight with Shannon Watts. And oh. he says that that is terrific. So. Oh, good. Thank you. I will continue to do that. I don't know how that one started, but uh, that's right. That's uh, there was just. Uh, I will continue to do that. I've got nothing to lose, really. <laughs> <laughs> we can. What are they going to take? Really she targeted take? you. She came she into your comments because... Oh, because you said AOC was an attractive woman. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, God forbid. God forbid I say that. No. By the way, Charlotte Clymer and AOC invited to our remote broadcast in Nantucket <laughs> this year, as a matter of fact, Alice, along with Alice Shattuck, who will be uh, practicing the correct uh, dress code. I do not think so. Yes, I do you not will. think so. Alice, I will be done. wearing my Step On White done. shirt. Uh, which you can find at burnbarrelpodcast.com. There's a little nice. link there that says shop. You can go in there. You can find that. You can find your Give Me Your Napoleon shirt. Those are going fast. And uh, some Connecticut Dems apparel that explains what they really are, the child torturing Dems. Uh, but you don't really have to give us money. Thank you to those of you who do. You can just always talk to us for free on Twitter at burnbarrelpod or email us burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.